Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey everybody, welcome to another new episode of A Nine Light. I'm your host, Pastor Alex, and we are uh, continuing our journey in another new episode in the Gospel of Matthew. And so we will pick up where we left off last week, and we are going to continue kind of our trek through uh, the Beatitudes, and more importantly, looking at the Lord's Prayer in hopes that we can Uh, continue to articulate and help break down some of these um, views and understandings of it. And so that is the goal today. And I'm trying to uh, get my notes up on my screen, but uh, my mouse is going a hundred different directions apparently. And, and uh, so it, it's, it's an old mouse and it, the click, the right, the left click doesn't always work. And so like it does, it like I don't know it's weird it, it, it like holds the click until I hover over something and then it opens up and I'm like that's not how I was trying to do things I was trying to open this tab so it gets a little frustrating it's a great mouse but yeah, it's just old I might need to get a new one because I'm just kind of tired of dealing with it so anywho uh we're gonna look at Luke today on the Lord's Prayer we're just gonna kind of look and examine his construct really quick uh and how he provides to us the Lord's Prayer Uh, We looked pretty deep at Matthew last week, uh, and we are going to look at uh, the small catechism as well, and we will work through the petitions and just kind of answer these questions. uh, What does this mean? And so we will see what Luther has to say on the Lord's Prayer. So uh, without really much further ado, uh, you guys know the drill. If you want to join us on Patreon, hit us up. Patreon.com forward slash undying light. If you want to copy a logos, logos.com forward slash undying light. All that information is found in the show notes. DM me with any questions. And uh, I am really going to put more emphasis on the patron thing, not on the show, but in general um, to try and garner interest in the coming months as I will be working on more projects there. So if you'd like to join us, by all means, dollar a month or $10.20 for a whole year, 
or you can give more if you decide. But dollars all I ask. That gets you access to everything that I do behind scenes and uh, hopefully allows you to become like the, the part of the Undying Light family. You can join us on Discord and join us on Bible studies and play an active role in this ministry. So let's get into the text at hand. Uh, and I'll feel sorry for anybody who normally jumps to the 10 minute mark and decides that they're going to just, uh, skip my, my ranting and rambling. We're going to get right into it today. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to hit all 30 minutes on this show, but we'll certainly make it work. All right. So Luke in the 11th chapter, uh, now we are at uh, verse two, and we're going to look at his little framing here, the Lord's Prayer. It's only a couple, it's only three verses, basically, two, three, and four. And uh, interestingly enough, as we, if we were to go through like a chronological order of the Bible, or we would consider maybe more of a harmony of the Gospels, and we were to see if, you know, how kind of each of the events play out, you'll notice how, especially differences between Luke and Matthew's Gospel in terms of timing, it seems a little bit different. And, and that's not always a bad thing. Um, because Luke earlier in his gospel records a shortened version of the Beatitudes, but here in the 11th chapter, it it starts with now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And so to, to utilize or, or to maybe turn attention to the Lord's prayer here isn't wrong or causes discrepancies between what Matthew has. Matthew gives us a longer in-depth view of the Beatitudes. And even that we, we could argue or articulate that the Beatitudes in of themselves was probably a part of an even longer sermon that Jesus was preaching. So three chapters span Matthew uh, five, six, and seven uh, in that little sermon on the Mount. And we could probably venture to say yeah, it was probably 25 or so minutes long but Jesus probably was teaching for hours and so it's a small snippet and that's why I made that kind of comment when we were going through those sections they're they're shortened they're truncated they're punctuated they're you know they they don't elaborate too much and that's just fine they don't need to they get to the point and they tell us what we need to know and then they move on And that's kind of how we see the Lord's Prayer here in Luke. But this is happening now in Luke's eyes after the Sermon on the Mount. And this is just in a certain place when Jesus is preaching, which, again, uh, however we want to break that down, it's, uh, it's not my task at hand today. My goal is to just kind of work through what Luke says and then turn to the small catechism. So he says, when you pray, say this. Father, hallowed be your name. Uh, this, is, again, is a little contrasting than uh, difference than Matthew, where Matthew says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Luke just opens right up with this, you know, um, Father, hallowed be your name. So minor differences there. Uh, and then your kingdom come, very similar. Same thing there, your will be done. But Luke just goes right into give us uh, each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins. And we forgive others who have indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. And then Luke uh, ends his Lord's Prayer section. And again, 
I think this is, you know, something to consider that the concept of the Lord's Prayer that Matthew gives us is being done in the Beatitudes. And so there's probably more people surrounding Jesus and looking to see, okay, what do we pray? How do we pray? And here in Luke, we're getting this, you know, truncated version, but maybe this is more punctual for his disciples. uh, As John had taught his disciples, this is what you should pray. God, your name is holy. We pray for your kingdom to come. We pray that you give us our daily bread. We pray that you forgive us our sins. We pray that we can forgive others who have sinned against us and don't lead us into temptation. That's exactly like the whole framing of this little passage. It's like short to the point and it, and it gets the, gets the message across. This is what we need to do. This is how we should pray. And the one in Matthew is a little bit longer. And it deals with a few extra things, as we will see as we go through each of the petitions from Matthew in the small catechism. Uh, But Luke is a good framework to pray. I kind of think of it like this. If you have the opportunity to pray corporately, do the Lord's Prayer from Matthew. And if you're really like uh, high churchy, do the uh, King James version of it. It's just a beautiful rendition of the Lord's Prayer. If you are uh, at home and you're short on time and you just need to kind of you, you want to pray quickly before bed or when you wake up in the morning. This is a good prayer in Luke to pray. God, your name is holy above all names. We pray that your kingdom comes. We pray that you give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive others and lead us not into temptation today. Very short, very simple, very sweet to the point. Uh, and again, I think that they both serve unique purposes and they both have different contexts to which they are um, being drawn to. And so I don't see the, dis- you know, like people would try to say, well, this is a discrepancy that blah, blah, blah. No, it's not. It's, it's again, a different context, different use, a different meaning to it. Uh, and they both sit on the same things basically. So that's the, uh, Lord's prayer from Luke. We kind of worked through some of the, uh, meanings in that last week with Matthew, but now we're going to look at the book of Concord and we're going to look more specifically at the small, catechism uh luther has uh a large catechism as well and he uh, writes much more extensively on matters in the large catechism the short catechism is really aimed at uh punctuated answers to the questions surrounding whatever it is the lord's prayer the creeds or the ten commandments like what does this mean about this commandment boom here's a quick answer what does it mean about this part of the creed here's a quick answer And what does it mean about the Lord's Prayer? Here's your quick answer. Now, if you want more in-depth, you know, like studying of what Luther actually wrote, the large catechism is where you go. You will find, you know, far more, uh, you can call them statements or theses on, you know, each thing. And so, for instance, if I'm going to look at the Lord's Prayer um, and look at the first petition, this starts at... uh, They have them numbered. It starts at uh, line 35 or statement 35, and it goes down to 48. That's the first uh, petition. The second begins at 49 and goes down to 58. The third petition is 59 and goes through 70. And then the fourth is 71 all the way to 84. So anywhere between 9 and 15 statements uh, are being made in the large catechism. So very significant amount of reading and writing that Luther has done on these petitions. Whereas in the Lord's prayer and the small catechism, 
Uh, they're very short, and you know, you, I've got right now just on my screen four of the petitions right here, whereas I'd have to scroll, scroll, scroll just to get through four of them on the large catechism. But we should also note, too, as Lutherans, uh, Luther only wrote the small catechism, large catechism, and the small called articles. Uh, he was not an active writer of the Augsburg Confession, nor did he write the Apology, nor uh, the Treatise on the Power and uh, Primacy of the Pope, nor did he write the Formula of Concord. This was all done by other Lutheran theologians in that time period. Uh, and Philip Melanchthon was kind of the, the lead in that. But uh, we incorporate Luther's uh, writings here the, the, of both catechisms and the small called articles into our confession because this is probably the most uh, to the point and detailed uh, examination of text that we see Luther write. And, you know, it's the most articulated, if you would, because in a lot of times, if you read through Luther, he he incorporates a lot and he he draws into from a lot of things. But he he's not systematic in any manner. And he, you know, to, to sit and try to systematize Luther would be almost an impossible feat. Whereas turning to the Book of Concord, we see exactly how the confession of the Lutheran faith should fall into line and that is you know through the Augsburg Confession the Apology the small called articles the treatise of power and primacy of the Pope small catechism large catechism and the formula of Concord so it's something like 600 and some pages all of which draw us to the realization that this is the confession of Lutheran faith you know Luther wrote some great things in like the bondage of the will and some of his other writings that I've talked about previously on the show and they're all great and, and wonderful and can be used to really hone in on how Luther articulated his faith. But when it comes to the confession of the Lutheran faith, this is where we turn. And so we will uh, unpack the Lord's Prayer from the eyes of the uh, small catechism. And we will begin with the introduction. Our Father who art in heaven. Again, remember... This is going off of the full King James version of the uh, Lord's Prayer. Mind you that this wasn't written, the King James wasn't written yet until uh, later in the early 1600s, so another 100 years or so after Luther. And we should be reminded that Luther is taking this prayer that had been prayed like this probably for the last however many centuries and translating it from latin into german and then we now have the german translation into english uh, at a later time and so you can argue that luther was using you know the 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 only framework that matthew had or you know the added you know kind of beauty of the king james which you know we should also be reminded that wasn't around when he wrote this um but the authors or translators of the small catechism later in time could have updated the lord's prayer section with you know the king james version as that seems to be the most popular version of the lord's prayer that's schematics and it's you know it's just uh it doesn't really matter honestly but it's something fun for us to kind of mess around with so what does this mean our father who art in heaven what does it mean well it's here's the answer uh here god would encourage us to believe 
that he is truly our father and that we are truly his children in order that we may approach him boldly and confidently in prayer, even as beloved children, their dear father. And so straight to the point, our father who art in heaven, this is an encouraging uh, meant for God to give us faith, to believe that he is in fact our father in heaven and that we are truly his children. And because we understand that, you know, we can go to him confidently. And just as you go to your parent or your children come to you, this is a measure of how we go to God. You know, I, I always find it interesting. My daughter, um, who's, she'll be five in April here, coming up pretty quick, but she, she's always interesting when she wants something. Uh, she'll always ask me first and the chances I'll probably say, okay, but sometimes I will say no, cause I don't think she needs it. And then she goes and asks mom and then, you know, mom's like, I'll just give it to her. I'm like, but she doesn't need it. But see, that's, you know, the, the parenting thing, right? We, we, we think we know, or we do know what is best for our children, just as God knows what's best for us. And so oftentimes we might bring our prayers to them and it could just be something absolutely ridiculous. You know, like my four-year-old at eight o'clock at night, it's like, I want sugar. No, you do not need sugar before you go to bed. You know, and that's just as frivolous as us going to God. God, give me the lottery so I can do good with it. And I use air quotes on good. God knows what we need long before we even pray it, but he still listens uh, fervently for our prayers. And uh, because this framework and who Christ is and what he has done for us on his on the cross and his death and resurrection and what we have been given to each of us in our baptism, we can come confidently before God, the father as his children. All right. So here's the first petition. Hallowed be thy name. What does this mean? Uh, answer to be sure God's name is holy in of itself, but we pray in this position that petition that it may also be holy for us. How's this done? Answer, when the word of God is taught clearly and purely and we as children of God lead holy lives in accordance with it, help us to do this, our dear Father in heaven. But whoever teaches and lives otherwise than as the word of God preaches and teaches profanes the name of God among us from this preserve us heavenly Father. So simply that when we pray, hallowed be thy name, that we are calling for God to make his name holy for us. Again, this is a call to faith. Lord, give us faith so that we can acknowledge and and understand that your name is in fact holy. And how do we do this? Well, we, uh, when the word of God is taught clearly and we lead holy lives in accordance to it, we pray that God will help us do this. And then we should also have discernment for somebody who teaches and lives otherwise to the word of God that they in fact are profaning God among us and we should cast them out as Paul and John tell us uh, and Peter even tells us Jude tells us in fact most of every book in the New Testament except Philemon uh, gives us warning on false teachers so uh, pay heightened attention to that Uh, the second petition thy kingdom come what does this mean to be sure The kingdom of God comes of itself without our prayer, but we pray this petition that it may also come to us. How is this done? When the heavenly father gives us his Holy Spirit so that by his grace that we may believe his holy word and live a godly life, both here in time and hereafter forever. 
So twofold with this petition, we pray for God's kingdom to come. It, it, it will do whatever it is going to do without our prayer or with our prayer. It does not matter. Uh, God's kingdom will come and it will come when God determines it to come. And this can be kind of um, maybe articulated in two ways. We can articulate that this is the physical kingdom of God, the new heavens and the new earth, where Christ will come, shatter the skies, call his church, eradicate sin, establish the new heavens and the new earth, his new kingdom. That is one, yes, and absolutely amen to it. And we acknowledge its truth and its importance. Uh, but the other is, in, you know, more of an individualistic concept. It's, you know, God, bring your kingdom to us, make it known to us, make it that we can have this grace and this mercy to live holy lives through the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, uh, not just in this life, but in the life hereafter. So, and we do this, we hear this prayer come to us through the God's word and we hear it in the sacraments as well. So the third petition here, uh, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does this mean? To be sure the good and gracious will of God is done without our prayer, but we pray then in this petition that it may also be done to us. How is it done? Answer, when God curbs and destroys every evil counsel and purpose of the devil of the world and of the flesh, which would hinder us from hallowing his name and prevent the coming of his kingdom. And when he strengthens us and keeps us steadfast in his word and in faith, even to the end, this is good. This is his good and gracious will. So thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So again, another notion that God's will will continue to be done with or without our prayer. Uh, we pray this petition, though, that it may be even done to us. And we pray that God's will is unfolded in our lives. And I made a mention about it last week on the show. Uh, you know, I said uh, that God's will in general is to call sinners to him and to offer the gospel that Christ died for their sins and forgives them. And that is the most, you know, basic notion we can carry as uh, Christian believers. And that to us helps us to understand, you know, the whole framework of the Christian life. Because we acknowledge our sinful state bef between us and a holy God. And we ask that God's will come to us. And then we take that and give that promise to other people. And so we are, you know, you can use the framework or te uh, the terminology growing the kingdom, but we are sharing God's promise and his gift in the gospel with people who are in dire need of it. That is the most blunt and basic view of God's will. Now, there could be other things that we think we try to articulate in our own lives. Well, what is God's will for my life? Well, your God's will, God's will for your life is for you to share the gospel with others, plain and simple. You can do all these great and wonderful things, but if there is no gospel attached to it, they are dull and numb. So attach the gospel to everything. Fourth petition, give us this day our daily bread. We talked a little bit about this last week, but what does this mean? Uh, to be sure God provides daily bread even to the wicked without our prayer. But we pray this petition that God may make us aware of his gifts and enable us to receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. What, does it, what is meant by daily bread? 
Answer, everything required to satisfy our bodily needs, such as food, clothing, house and home, fields and flocks, money and property. A pious spouse and good children, trustworthy servants, godly and faithful rulers, good government, seasonable weather, peace and health, order and honor, true friends, faithful neighbors and the like. So Luther really just says everything in your life uh, can be viewed as a daily bread. And that includes good government. It includes seasonable uh, weather, includes peace and health, order and honor, friends, good friends, true friends, faithful neighbors. Those things all, uh, you know, would, would be a fulfillment of our daily needs. It would be pretty hard uh, in, a, in a government that's, you know, uh, tyrannical to have this need fulfilled. But it can be done in other manners. Um because it could be focused solely on the concept of food and clothing in a house and home. You may not have all the other luxuries, but you certainly have the most basic fundamental needs and you still have the ability to carry out God's will in your life. And we pray this as, you know, an overarching concept of if, if everything was perfect, this is what it would look like. But it does certainly boil down to the very basic necessities of food and clothing and that God will provide those even when we don't think them to be, you know, in the manner that God would work, right? We, we, we would acknowledge, well, God certainly didn't send me this check in the mail or whatever, whatever it is. We, we need to examine all of these things that this is how God is providing for us. And he does through, does so through other means, through other people and through our own ability to go out and work. Uh, the fifth petition, and forgive our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Again, it trespasses in the older version. I don't know why it seems to kind of fluctuate back and forth. But uh, what does this mean? We pray in this petition that our Heavenly Father may look, may not look upon our sins and on their account deny our prayers. For we neither merit nor deserve the things for which we pray. Although we sin daily and deserve nothing but punishment, we nevertheless pray that God would grant us all things by his grace. And assuredly, we uh, on our part will heartily forgive and cheerfully do good to those who may sin against us. So forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us. We pray this so that God will not hinder our prayers or look down on our prayers due to our sin, but that he will forgive us our sin and remove that blot out of our lives and hear our prayer. That's exactly what we are saying in this petition. Uh, the sixth petition and lead us not into temptation. What does this mean? God tempts no one to sin, but we pray in this petition that God may so guard and preserve us that the devil, the world, and our flesh may not deceive us or mislead us into unbelief, despair, and other great and shameful sins. But that, although we may be so tempted, we may finally prevail and gain the victory. So we talked a little bit about this petition last week and how God does, may not hinder the devil from tempting us. He may even allow the devil to tempt us. Job is a good uh, reenactment of that Jesus being in the desert, being tempted by the spirits and the devil uh, for 40 days. You know, those are all realities of scripture. And so we know that God tempts no one to sin, but we pray that God would so guard and preserve us from the devil. 
God does not cause or tempt us to sin, but God can allow the devil to creep into our minds and cause doubt, uncertainty, and question. And and really by these questions, it's interesting because you know, it, it's truly a realization of, do we have authentic faith? Do I, can I say to that voice, well, you know, when you die, it's nothing's going to happen. It's going to be pure darkness. You know, you, you will die and go and your body will fade into the stars and you, your consciousness will be no more. You know, that, that's a pretty atheist view of death. And it's a pretty common fear that many people, even Christians have, because we don't know what death is like. We've never experienced it. But if we sat here and, and, and went off of our own, you know, conscience causing us fear, which you could articulate with these types of things that if they deal with the works of God, death being one of them, that's the work of the devil drawing some sort of doubt into your mind that God will not withhold his promise or uphold his promise in our death. When Jesus tells the thief on the cross that today you will be with me in paradise and he goes into uh, into the land of the dead and frees the captives and and then uh, comes back and resurrects from the grave and then ascends to heaven later on. Those are promises given to us in Scripture. And sometimes we may be led to doubt and or led to question or to just struggle through this. So the seventh petition but deliver us from evil. What does this mean? We pray in this petition, as in the summary, that our Father may, in heaven may deliver us from all manner of evil, whether it afflicts body or soul, property or reputation. But, uh, and then at last, when the hour of death comes, that he may grant us a blessed end and graciously take us from this world of sorrow to heaven and him uh, to himself in heaven. So that is where we get the final petition. Uh, we have the conclusion next, but delivering us from evil, again, twofold, it's preserving us in this life while also giving us a blessed end and then taking us to him in heaven. Uh, the conclusion, which is simply amen, you can say amen or uh, the for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever, amen, but amen is the concluding uh, factor to the prayer. What does it mean? It means that I should be assured that such petitions are acceptable to our Heavenly Father and are heard by Him, for He Himself commanded us to pray like this and promised us to hear us. Amen, amen means yes, yes, it shall be so. So that's going to wrap up the Lord's Prayer. Um, we will look at uh, next week going into fasting and we might even pair into laying up treasures in heaven, depending on our time. But we will continue to try and work through a lot of these um, as we still have quite a bit more uh, text to work through. We're only in the sixth chapter of Matthew. We get 28 chapters total, so 22 and some left to go. But I hope you guys have been enjoying this series so far. I have enjoyed it thoroughly. I love reading Matthew. It's one of my most favorite gospel accounts. And uh, it has truly been a blessing and an honor to deliver this content for you. So I hope you've enjoyed it. But uh, with that, we're going to end the show today right at that 30-minute mark. So wonderful. Guys, it's the weekend. Get to church. And uh, I'll see you next Friday. God bless.
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.